Mic check. This is Cult Classic Interview number 22. I'm here with Christ Dillinger, and we are here in, still, Astoria, Queens, New York. Fucking Wendigo just left the building. Fucking, it's getting late night. We've been smoking big dope. Fucking, how many blunts deep are we at this point, bro? Uh, at, at this point, I would probably say we're like 3,000 blunts in. Maybe yeah. like four thousand blunts. Somewhere between three and five thousand blunts. Yeah, that's it. It's like a healthy estimation. Yeah. I stopped counting. Personally, I stopped counting after two thousand seven hundred fifty six. So I just tried to ash this blunt that I haven't lit yet. Damn. Yeah. Like so you yeah. if you think about it, bro. If you really think about it, you're just ahead of the game. Yeah. Like I'm like, <laughs> like I'm really like, really like I'm like already I'm so on like, it. I'm like, before this even happens, I'm gonna ash it. <laughs> Before the ash even can, before it's <laughs> even lit, I'm gonna make sure that doesn't it doesn't fall on my lap. Like you're you you just ready. It's just it just shows how like on point you are realistically. Yo, always on point, always ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Three thousand, four thousand, five thousand blunts. It don't matter. You already know we're about. Fuck it. Almost burned my clothes. Yeah, no. Nah. Fucking so ten thousand blunts deep at this point. And fucking, we are again in the story of Queens. And fucking, how is it living out here? You like it out here? Honestly, yeah, I love living out here. It's definitely, definitely my favorite place in New York, just because like I don't really like being around a lot of people, and living in the story is just dope because you can just like be like away from everyone. There's just like mad people in other parts of New York. There's like always like crowds or like mobs of like tourists and shit just like lumbering around, and like just being around that shit is just like wicked annoying for me. So it's just like cool to be out here, you know what I'm saying? It's not a lot of niggas out here, you can just be low and shit like that. Yeah. And you're not originally from here, right? No, no, though. Before this, I used to live in Miami for a little bit, and then I lived also in like New England and like Maine. But I grew up in Bridgeport, Connecticut. But okay. I was born in Jamaica, like Mon- in Montego Bay, Jamaica. Damn, so, you so, so you're realistically kind of from everywhere. Yeah, like I've like lived, like bounced around like a lot of places. So if you, if you had to like claim like a city, do you think you could? Yeah, definitely claim fucking Bridgeport. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Bridgeport, Connecticut. That's my fucking city. Is that where you, like, you live the majority of your life, or you just kind of, like, your prime years, like, your most impressionable years? That's where, like, I became, like, who I am. Okay. Like, that's where, like, I had to, like, I had to, like, do things that I had to do and, like, overcome shit or whatever to be the person that I am today. Like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Bridgeport. That makes... So, we'll we'll get right into that. So, you moved... From Jamaica, how old were you when you moved from Jamaica to the United States? I was like seven, eight years old. Like seven, eight years old. Do you have any memories of that? Yeah, I just remember like living in Jamaica. It was like really like a definitely different than living here. Like financially, I was definitely like really poor. Like came up like not really having shit. And then like versus living here, like when I first came here, like I got like my first like new pair of shoes and like shit like that. Like when I was living in Jamaica, I wasn't like. <laughs> really like that like financially stable and shit where did you move where did you move to where because you've lived in a bunch I, of different places i moved from jamaica right to i moved from jamaica right to bridgeport connecticut and then like from there i just like started going to school here and shit and just like getting involved with like my neighborhood and shit and just like meeting people and just like starting a life and shit um in america like outside of like where i'm originally from so was it like was it like culture shock for you? No, nah, definitely. It's like a lot different here. Like people here are definitely like not as motivated 
is like people that like I was like used to being around when I was like living like in Jamaica. Like things were like a lot more like serious there. Then I noticed like here like people are a lot more chill, just a lot more like relaxed. And just like now I was like serious about like certain things, like things that I don't personally like, really care about. Just like shit that I notice, like work and like school and shit like that. Like it's just like not serious here, so it's like over there. Which makes sense, I guess. Like, I don't know. It's not that's not really shit that like I care about, but like it's just like shit that I notice about like society. You feel like it's because Jamaica is a poorer country, like not nah, for sure. For yeah, granted. yeah, for sure. There's not a lot of shit to go around out there, so you can't be wasting shit. Yeah, people like moron are like it's more of like a like a survival type thing than a, yeah, yeah, than for just sure. Because we're we're over like here we're in America like we're gonna make it we're gonna make it through like there's plenty of plenty of things that we can do if you ever really are, are really down bad like. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? There's plenty there's of government always, programs yeah. and some things you can do. There's always shit. There's always a way to get some money in America. There's always a hustle. And that's why I learned, especially in New York, like, since I've come here, just seeing all, like, the fucking homeless people that live here and shit, like, those people be fucking hustling. Like, people will, like, walk down the subway, and, like, they'll just fucking, like, ask you for shit. They'll, like, do, like, a little dance and, like, ask for, like, tips and shit like that. Or they'll, like, rap or something. Or sometimes they'll just, like, shake a can at you, like, until you fucking like put some money in that shit, they won't even say anything. They just like shake a can at you. It's like all types of shit. Like the other day, someone came on the train, and they didn't even like ask for money. He was like, "Excuse me, I'm not here to beg." He said, "I'm not here to beg." He said, "I got Welch's fruit snacks I'm selling," and he had every flavor Welch's fruit snack for a dollar each, and I bought three packs off that man. And he probably bought like a bulk pack. For he probably like- he probably just like ran in the store and ran out with that shit. <laughs> he probably just like fucking stole that shit. You want to hit this? Passing the blunt to Ben with the lens. Yo, go yes. follow him at Ben with the lens. He's shooting these. Go interviews. follow Ben with the lens before he turns into Ben with the Glock. Oh, yeah. get 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 your photo shoots in too. Yeah, pay this man cheap pay photo this shoots man before he has to go back to the streets. If you don't want that. Yeah, before he has to go back to slinging dope on the corners. Back to slinging dope on the corners. Fucking selling it. Selling himself out to fat girls. Back to putting the the glycerol in the blender. <laughs> Anyways, so you moved to Connecticut. All that shit happened. How long were you in Connecticut for? I was in Connecticut with, from the ages of like eight to I want to say I don't even know. Probably probably like moved out of my parents' house when I was like. God damn, that shit is a canoe. Or some shit. I was there for a while though. I was living in Connecticut for like the most of my life. But then after that, I moved to Maine. And then living in Maine was like definitely lit. I was like, the, I had the most fun there. That's like where the most partying happens besides Miami. So, like, um, was it like another big change moving to Maine? Because Maine is so different. Yeah, from, so like from Connecticut. From what I mean? From Connecticut, not really. There's New some similarities. New England, yeah. there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, yeah exactly. I found I found New that New England states. I found that New England is like every state in New England is low key the same thing. It's just yeah. they're all the same. Like Vermont, Mass, Maine, fucking Connecticut, Rhode Island. They're all just like the same state over and over again. New Hampshire, just the same shit. It's just like big ass houses, mad nice like you know scenic routes, historic shit. Just like regular, like you know what I'm saying. Just like fire shit. Honestly, I fuck with New England. Like when yeah, fire, if quiet. I get mad bread, I'm trying to retire back to New England. Like yeah. I'm trying to move back to New England. Like I love New England now. That's why I just hated the six months of winter. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I like the cold, honestly. Fucking, I can't deal with it. Bro. When it gets cold out, that's when people really got to get out of their shit. Yeah? Can't be fucking around when it's cold out. Yeah, that's true. You got to, like... That's true. You got to be on, like, your groceries and shit. You got to make, make sure you fucking... The roads are clear. Driveway shovel. All sorts of shit. Yeah, bro. And when it's cold outside, too, you just got to, like, fucking, like... You got to just, like... You gotta like stack your bread, cause there's like two types of niggas when it's cold. There's niggas who like get like a bitch and like cover, and just like cuddle up all winter and like don't really be on shit. And there's niggas when it gets cold, they just like get on their grind OD hard, cause like when it gets cold outside, that means that it's gonna get warm. Like when it's warm, it's already warm. Like once it's warm, once summer hits, if you're not like rolling by the time summer comes around, if you don't have like some kind of like song or some shit you're pushing or some shit like that before summer comes around then like you're gonna be like washed but like if you like start rolling in the winter you're doing shit in the winter you're experimenting you're getting people familiar with shit you're like building your shit up by the time summer comes around like you already have shit going to where you can just be hot for the summer and then the summer is when everything's amplified so if you come into summer with like a good amount of buzz then you're lit you know what i'm saying so winter is a time to build that buzz so winter is crucial yeah, winter is a crucial time. Like you know what I'm saying. Okay, okay. I feel like I kind of get what you're saying. Because when I lived in like Miami, I noticed that like when it's always warm out, people are just like always like chilling. Like the vibe is just always cool. Like no one's really trying like too hard to like do anything, because it's just like everyone's just always chilling. Smoke so many fucking blunts, the fucking lighter is dead, bro. God damn. Damn, bro. On the it's fucking okay. five thousand, five thousand, five thousand. Five side of the month. I'm the so fucking died. even high to talk. On that that number blunt, the lighter died. The lighter died. The lighter just fucking. A brand new a brand new lighter. R.I.P. We gotta fucking have a ceremony for that lighter. Right. Seances for this lighter. Condolences to his friends and family and everyone associated with it that knew it. It was a great person. Honestly, God though. Damn. His name was Bick. For real, yeah. I'm about to put this. I'm about to get. I'm about to put this lighter on a T-shirt, and just like wear that shit around the hood for like a week. Goddamn, get like, like yeah. the airbrush T-shirt. Yeah, it's gonna say R.I.P. Gray lighter. You're gonna be like, yo, what the fuck is that? I'm like, it's my nigga, bro. It's like a nigga you gotta, you gotta make. You gotta make. We gotta make a song tonight dedicated to that lighter. Yo, facts, bro. I'm with it. Some real auto. <laughs> some real heavy auto tune, Young Thugs. Some slat. <laughs> some slat shit. Goddamn. Yeah, for real. What were we talking about though? Oh yeah, so fucking yeah, winter. Yeah, winter. You said you were stacking up and shit. Yeah, you Maine gotta, is a good yeah. time to do that. Yeah, Maine is a good place to do that. You can just fucking like, you know, stack your bread up through various, you know, what I'm saying means, and just like fucking, you know, expand. So how long like were you in Maine for before you moved out to Miami? I was probably in Maine for like a year, and then I was like, all right, like Maine's cool for making bread, but you can't really make a lot of music moves here. And I'm definitely a fucking musician, so I was like, all right, I'm about to go to Miami. Yeah. So then I went to Miami. I was living in Westchester with my boy Kenny, my other boy, my manager, CJ, actually my, two of my best friends, fucking living out there. Shout out CJ Hunter, CJ on the beat, one of my favorite producers, fucking living out there with him and my other homie and just, like, making moves in music, and that's where, like, I really started to get, like, a lot more traction. Because, like, my biggest, like, fan base was always in Miami anyway. Like, when mm-hmm. I started putting out music from the beginning... So it was good that I finally got out there, got to like meet a lot of my fans and just like see like a lot of like the culture that like you know like was down there and shit like and like you know Broward and Dade and shit like that. And then how long were you in Miami before you you made the jump to New York? 
don't know. I was probably I've been there, but like I've always like been like back and forth between like there and here. So I was probably there like I'll be there for like two or three months at a time. Then I like come back up north. But altogether I've been like going back and forth to Miami for like the last like two years. Okay. Yeah. Probably like actually longer than that, maybe like three years. Now were these moves kind of like, were you moving with your parents or were you moving on your no, own? No, like all by myself. You moved all by yourself? Yeah. And what kind of made you want to make these jumps to these different states? Was it all, you were just, were you looking for something? Were you looking for the music specifically? Or were you just trying to find where you were comfortable? Yo, can I get that lighter, man, with the lens? Oh. Yes. I was just, like, primarily trying to, like, fucking, I was trying to, like, figure out where I could go to, like, better to, like, understand, like, who I am as a person. Because I feel like you in the town you grow up in, you're not going to meet all the people you're supposed to meet in life. You're not going to see all the things you're supposed to see because that's, like, such a small part of the big world. There's probably, like, all types of shit on the planet that you as, like, a human are supposed to, like, see and experience and take in to make you, like, the perfect person or the kind of person that you want to be. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to go out to places that interest me, places where, like, my friends already are at, places where I can go and expand and just, like, you know, like, show people who I am, learn about people, learn about who they are, and just, like, different, like, you know, like, just, like, different, just, like, facets of, like, society and shit like that. Just, like, understand, like, just how different niggas move in different places, different hoods and shit like that, like, different places everywhere. And then just, like, that's my primary reason for going, just, like, to find myself throughout just, like, looking in, like, different places. Okay, yeah. So, I feel like a lot of people don't understand how moving to a different state works i do because i've done it before yeah so how do you and you've done it multiple times so so what's the first step like how do you go about taking your life and moving to a whole new state in a whole new area and just starting over like how do you find a place to live how do you find like income i got one i got one way to describe it it's the perfect way it's the same way i describe it to everyone now it's just question the best way to describe that shit nigga um it's like um it's like pokemon <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like it's like pokemon like every region you go to like you get as strong as you can you get all the fire as pokemon and then you go to another region and a new game comes out you just start over it's just like that like you you have like the same familiar friends in every town and then you expand you go places you meet people who have like similar interests and shit and you just like work your way up so you beat the pokemon league it's like the same thing with like being a fucking like rapper or artist or whatever you just go to different towns and you fight all the gym leaders in those towns and then you just fucking like you know what i'm saying you beat the soundcloud league and then you just fucking go to a new region and you just like start over and you just stay there until you conquer it and you go somewhere else and you just keep doing that and then eventually you're the king of everything it's like a video game. So it's life is all video game. So like when you go out to a different state for the first time, like do you save up a certain amount of money? Like where do you stay? Well, before like, you go there, you should find a way to make money there. You should have a way to make money wherever you're at. If you don't have a way to make money there, you shouldn't go there. What was that for you? Well, before I started making like like now I just like pretty much support myself just like off making music off like rapping, which is like pretty dope. But like before that, I used to like do like a lot of different shit to like make bread. But I used to like fucking made sure that I was able to do that in places I would go to. I would already have, like, connects in people, in people places. Or I will be able to, like, go and just, like, keep, like, doing the same thing that I was doing, like, back in, like, Bridgeport and shit. Did you have, like, places to stay when you were going out to these places? Did you already Yeah, I would just say, get my own, like, crib, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I used to live with my boy Saku in Maine. We had a house on, like, a point in Elliott. 
and it was like me, him, my boy Corey Patrick, and then my other boy Morgan. We used to live in this crib. It was like a, it was a really nice like, beach house, on a on that river, the Pescada Squatch or some shit like that. That really fast flowing river. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it was like right there. We had like a dock and shit. Like kids just like pull up on boats and shit, and then like that shit was just like, like eight hundred a month between like four people. Yeah, it's, it's really cheap. Yeah, you it's get, OD cheap. The... Yeah, you just got to like figure out like a situation, and then you just fucking. But that's definitely important though. Sometimes too, like, you got to couch, you got to couch surf. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't really couch surfed that much in my life, but like, other people like couch surf and that shit like gets you places. Like, you know what I'm saying? Dude, you meet a, you meet a lot of different people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so would you say that living in all these different states and getting to see all these different, all this different shit because it's like going to these different regions it's almost like going to different countries sometimes like the people are different like everything looks different like do you feel like all these different experiences kind of shaped the music and kind of shaped you as an artist and a person yeah no definitely going to all those different places and just meeting all those different people that shit just like it definitely helps you understand like a lot of different perspectives which is like the majority of what like fucking like social interactions between people in life is like about it's all about just like understanding that everyone has like a different perspective from you because of like where they're from and that shit is why people act the way that they do and then when you, once you understand that you can like understand people yeah that makes sense Does, yeah. do you, and do you kind of do you kind of take that that perspective and kind of put that in the music at all in my music yeah yeah definitely I mean like I just make like when I make songs I don't I just like make songs about like everything like whatever I could think of like I just whatever I think is a lit concept Whatever I think is something that you could like turn up to or like do whatever to like, exhibit whatever emotion to, like you know like a moment you can capture, like when you smoke a blunt and you get like really geeked and like you look at the blunt like that moment that you capture that moment and make that a song, you know what I'm saying? Or like when you're in the club and like you're mad drunk and everything's lit and you see a bitch shaking her ass like that moment you capture that moment that like, that's a song, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, when I like make my songs. I try to make them, like, not so, like, easy to understand. Like, but, like, most of my songs are, like, kind of, like, I don't even know. I wouldn't even be able to, like, put any of my shit in the boxes. I try to make different shit every time. Like, that's the only thing I can say about my music is, like, every song I try to make, like, the next song is always, I try to make sure the next song after the first song or the whatever song I dropped previously always, like, sounds, like, maybe almost, like, completely different or is, like, a continuation of a previous theme that I visited on. Okay. Okay, so where along this journey between couch surfing and bouncing between states, did you decide you wanted to be a musician? Was it was it over in Connecticut and Bridgeport? No, yeah, I've always wanted to be a musician. Like I fucking, I first started playing music when I was twelve. I um, like taught myself how to play like guitar from like YouTube videos, and then I joined the orchestra at my school because there was no more room in the band, and I wanted to use the guitars at the school. So I started playing violin so I could be in the orchestra. So they let me use the instruments so I could play the guitar. And then, like, I taught myself how to play guitar. And, like, I played with a couple people and shit like that. Like, I was in a couple bands and shit like that. And then I was, after that, I kind of, like, stopped playing guitar. And I kind of, like, stopped doing music for, like, a little bit. And then I got involved in music just, like, with my homie, Lake Kyle. He's, like, one of my best friends, like, one of my oldest friends that I've had. Um, he was like always rapping since like I was like a kid like when I was in like third grade this nigga had like SoundCloud you know what I'm saying like like type shit like that like this nigga's been on it yeah. like you know what I'm saying like so he was just like doing his thing and me and him were just like 
I was just like chilling with him, just like watching like him like rapping shit, just like going to shows with him, just like helping him out with like like getting booked for shit and just like shit like that. Just like you know, just chilling with my nigga, whatever. And then like I was just watching him do that shit and rap. And then I was just like after like a year or so, one day me and him were chilling and like he just recorded me like I made like my first song. It was on a Bremen God beat that I just found on YouTube. Didn't even know it was a Bremen God beat because his name wasn't even on it. It was on like some random video that was mad old, had like no views. It was just like a free type beat. So I just like downloaded it. Couldn't find his producer tag, so I didn't put his tag on it. And I just like dropped that shit. It was called Christ Dillinger. So my first song was Christ Dillinger by Christ Dillinger, produced by <laughs> Bremen God. And I just like put that shit out. That was like two years ago. And then like I just fucking after that, um, I made another song with my boy Lake Kyle. This song got lost. Cause it got like deleted off SoundCloud somehow, but it's called the Bro Song. I kind of want to remake that song. It's a song about being bros. Cause sometimes you need a song about being bros, you know? Yeah, it's there's not enough. There's shit. not enough songs about that, like about just being bros, like not like even on like no sexual shit or any like, you know, like any like gang shit. Just like being bros on some, just like this is my bro. <laughs> yeah, this is my bro. I was just some positive yeah, shit. On some positive shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you know, what I'm saying like Lake Kyle's my bro. Got to remake that song. You said Lake Kyle's. Yeah, name? Lake Kyle. Lake so Kyle. did you say you met him two years ago? No, I met him like when I was like a jet when I was like dummy young. Like me and Lake been boys like forever. Like as long as but, I can remember type shit. So when did you say? When would you say that it went from kind of playing in bands and playing guitar to rapping? Probably like. Um, like three years ago after I, st- I stopped fucking with like a lot of like guitar and like extracurricular type shit like that I just started like watching Link do his thing with like rap and shit and then after that I was like alright like a year after that then I was like okay I'm about to start like fucking like rapping and shit and then I like put my first song out and then two years later I'm like here and then that's just like it so growing up and shit, what were you listening to? What what music kind of influenced you? Like, what did you hear that made you want to start doing music yourself? Well, I'm not even going to front. When I was growing up, I wasn't even really into rap like that. Like, a couple rap songs, I guess I liked or whatever. But like when I was living in Jamaica, I was like primarily listening to like reggae. Like, my grandma used to play like a lot of like old reggae. Like, Bob Molly type shit and like fucking... Just like, like, I don't even know the names. It's like old, like, classic reggae shit. And then, like, when I moved here, I started fucking, like, I never, like, my dad, my stepdad, because I never, like, really, like, knew my real dad like that. But I had a stepdad. My mom met when I was, like, seven or eight. And then, like, he, like, always, like, he, he was a good dude. You feel me? Like, he was, like, an actual dad to me, and I fuck with him forever. Like, I love him. Like, he fucking, um, he was always in my life and shit. Like, the nigga fucking... Stepdad fucking was trying to put me on a rap. He used to fuck with Tupac a lot. I don't really fuck with Tupac like that. He used to always play Tupac for me, and I didn't really fuck with that shit. But he used to also fuck with classic rock, and I fuck with classic rock heavy. So, like, when I was growing up, I used to, like, primarily listen to, like, rock, like, current shit, like, OK Go, or, like, fucking Event Sevenfold's one of my favorite bands ever. I love Event Sevenfold. Fucking just, like, I don't know. It's, like, a bunch of shit. Like, my, that's, like when it comes to classic rock, like, pretty much, like, everything I've listened to, like, the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, like, Jimi Hendrix is, like, my favorite artist. Fucking, just, like, everything. Like, fucking Led Zeppelin, Sex Pistols, the Ramones, just, like, whatever you could think of. You know, all the classic shit. 
and then like even just like some more obscure shit like bad brains or like fucking well that's not even obscure anymore like fish I don't know if you ever heard of like fish yeah yeah I fuck with fish and I fuck with like Grateful Dead I just like fuck with like a lot of rock shit and then I got into rap when I started listening to Lil Wayne when like I fucking first heard Upgrade You okay off the drought three yeah when I heard that song I was like I was like it might have even been before that I started fucking with Lil Wayne like I always like like Lil Wayne when I was like growing up, but I wasn't like really into rap like that. It's just like if I saw Lil Wayne out on TV and shit, I would just watch it. You know what I'm saying? But like I really started bumping rap like every day when I heard that upgrade you, like when I heard that shit, and then like I heard the drop three, I was just like, damn, bro, this is like some of the most like amazing shit I've ever heard. And I was just like, I gotta listen to rap now, and then I just like started listening to rap. And I still kept listening to, like rock and shit, but that's when like rap really like started taking like a big like influence in my life. So you say those two genres and listening to a lot of music that uh, outside of hip hop kind of influenced you today as a musician? No, definitely for sure. Like uh, definitely. I would say that that's kind of like one of my favorite things about the newer generation of music is you're kind of seeing everything kind of just colliding together now yeah being like one big thing instead of like a bunch of like different stuff yeah it's like what what the fuck what's the genre now yeah genres are like blending into each other yeah like it's things so, are like more niche now yeah it's like you can't even like categorize an artist at this point yeah exactly everything's like, just like everything's just like mixed together which is dope I like that no, now you hear guitar great. you hear guitar shit in rap now and it's like proper like when Lil Wayne first did it I'm not gonna front that shit was whack you know what I'm saying? No offense to the GOAT. That shit was whack. But he had to break the ice so that people could, like, make, yeah. like, the shit that we have now. Like, Lil Wayne broke the ice. Like, niggas can't forget that when, like, they talk about Lil Wayne. You know what I'm saying? No, most definitely. He broke the ice. He made that terrible-ass rock album, <laughs> Rebirth. <laughs> What's your favorite Lil Wayne mixtape? Damn, man, that's a tough one. If we're talking mixtapes, definitely gotta got to go one. to Drought 3. Okay, I I can respect that. Yeah, no ceiling is a close second. That was a, that was my first one. And Ded- dedication two is a nice third. Dedication two is up there. I can see you that. You know that cannon. Yeah. And then you know yep. what I'm saying the fucking um knuck if you buck the fucking um dick pleaser. That's all dedication two. That shit. was like the this was like the era where Lil Wayne would do your beat better than you. Yeah. It yeah. Was some crazy shit. Yeah, you drop a song, Lil Wayne would just come through. Like Lil Wayne would hop on like Holocaust. <laughs> on the Holocaust beat, like that'd fucking, be some crazy shit. Yeah, bro. that'd be lit. Putting that out there, that'd be crazy. That ended up <laughs> on a, a little Wayne tape. But yeah, that'd be dummy five. We gotta wrap up part one. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. This is sponsored by, or yeah, this interview is by Cult Classic. So follow us at Cult Classic Official on Instagram and follow us on Twitter. Yeah, at Cult Classic. You do that. O F F, and then check us out online. For some merch, we got we do concerts, interviews, uh, callclassofficial.com. Christening's K-L-T, baptisms. Official.com. Uh, follow me at Poppy D on the beat, and then follow Christ Dillinger at Christ Dillinger. Uh, we get into part two soon, so stay tuned. Part two coming up right now. Mike, check, Mike, check. This is part two. We are back with Christ Dillinger. So, what's your approach to making a record? Um, I pretty much just think of an idea of what I want the song to be about first. And then I just, like, record it. That's really it? That's really it, yeah. I just, like, think of something. Like, me and Wendy will be sitting around, and we'll just, like, think of some shit. And then it's just like, okay, it's a song. 
And then we just make it, and then it's just a song. So do you get mostly all your beats from Wendigo? Um, yeah, pretty much. Like, either Wendigo will have a beat already made, or me and him will make one. Sometimes I'll make beats with my homie CJ from Miami. Or um, recently I just started fucking with this new nigga named Phony Wallace. I like the beats that he's been, like, I put out a song called Make Her Leave. He produced that song. He killed that beat. Like, I've been fucking with him. I fuck with also, you know, Sosa from Spider Gang. I've been hitting a lot of his beats recently. His beats go stupid hard. Shout out Sosa. And then um, also I fuck with uh, Swami Uchiha. I fuck with a lot of his beats. His beats go stupid. And then that's pretty much it. Okay, word. Damn. So fucking... You get the beat from... How do you and Wendigo start working together? Does he usually make the beat like on the spot? Or does he usually come up and he's like, Yo, I got this pack of beats. And he usually just plays you beats. Yeah, usually when I go pull up, he'll have like a pack of beats, he'll play beats. And then like... I, okay, so like, the first time me and Wendigo wet... Me, uh, I said me and Mendigo wet. The first time <laughs> the first time me and Wendigo this met... the weed. Yeah, I'm dummy geek. God damn, me too. He pulled, he pulled up to my crib. And he sat, like, right there on that couch. And I was just right here. I was, like, dummy geeked. And then he just, like, played. Me and him talked for a second. We were just, like, talking and chilling and smoking. He probably played beat. Like, I don't even know how many beats he played. He played, he played so many beats. And I'm just, like, mad picky with, like, the beats that I like to get on. So, like, I didn't like any of them. Like, I liked them. But I was just, like, I don't really want to get on any of these. And then he was, like, all right. And then, like, he went home. And then... He came back over the next day, and then he played me a whole bunch of more beats, and then I was like, okay, word. And then I hopped on one of those, and then I went to his crib, and me and him, we made a we made a beat. We made the first song we ever made. Th- was it the first song we made together? Yeah, no, this was the actual first song we made together. I went to his crib, and we made a beat together, and then it was a song called Glock Out. And we just, like, made that beat um, with, like, a reverse 808 or whatever. And that shit was just mad cool. We made, like, a trailer. We were, like, yeah. dancing around and shit, and that shit was awesome. And then we just started, like, cooking up, just making mad shit like we're doing. I don't even remember. We just, like, either we'll just, like, when to go, we'll just, like, think of something or I'll think of something. It doesn't even matter. We'll just, like, come up with some shit, like, sample, like, a cartoon or some shit, just, like, anything, really. And where was where was this along the timeline of you moving out to? Did you meet Wendigo after you moved out to New York? Yeah, I met Wendigo. I met Wendigo like right when I moved here, type shit. And how did that happen? He um he heard a song I made with this dude named Slosher. You ever heard of Slosher? No. Slosher is this um, infamous character in the in the New York underground rap scene. He he fucking he's just like a really great artist. He's on that song. You ever heard of Zeta Six Zero by Six Nine? Um, with like famous decks, maybe. Yeah, he's like on that song. He like he like throws up on in the middle of his verse, which is just like really sick. Like <laughs> he's just like a he's like avant garde. You know, you know what I'm saying? He's like an avant garde nigga, and like he slosh, slosher and Wendigo already knew each other, so Wendigo heard this song I made with Slosher called "Thought It Up," and he um he hit me up after that he was like yo I heard the song I fuck with it you trying to like link and like make some shit and I was like yeah and then he just like pulled up to my crib it was, it's been late. you guys just been in that, that yeah. story you just kind of told me happened that happened in like probably in like January damn so it really hasn't been that long nah yeah and then where did you come in connection with Spider Gang after this 
Um, then I'm trying to think. I don't know. I just right after I met Wendigo, I started like talking to like Darkie and shit too, like you know, like, on the phone and shit, like FaceTime, whatever. And then like me and Darkie just started like talking a lot. We started like making songs together and shit. And then pretty soon, like me, Darkie, and Wendigo would just made like hella music together. We're just like putting out mad songs. And then after a while, they were just like, yeah, you want to like join Spider Gang? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Because I already like fucked with like Brahmin God. And like Brahmin God has a little brother who also makes music. And I fuck with him too because they both fuck with my boy Swami Uchiha. Because like previous to Spider Gang, or like I'm still like aiming a group called Hoodrich Goth Boys, my boy Swami Uchiha. It's kind of like just like a group with like just me and him. It used to have a, another artist in it named Lil Slump, but like he's not in there anymore just for like various reasons. But, like, it's just, like, a group that's pretty much just, like, based out of, like, Florida. And we just make, like, a lot of, like, like, I don't even know, like, just, like, a lot of different shit. It's, like, it's pretty cool shit, whatever. But I don't even know how to describe it. I'm not good at describing shit. But long story short, though, I joined Spider Gang. And then, you know what I'm saying? Shit just got, like, mad carnivorous. And it's just been like that ever since. Word. Word. And when did you, um... When did you meet Darkie after all this? Right when you joined Spider Gang? When did you guys kind of... What was the first song you guys did together? The first song me and Darkie made was definitely Blocka, Blocka, Blocka. Okay. Yeah. We made that song. And then, like, right after we made that song, we made another song called... Um, we made a bunch of songs. We made another song called... I'm not sure if we made this one song called 50 after that. Or if we just went and just immediately made this other song called... You already know, yeah, which you is guys like a lot, decent yeah, amount of music together. Yeah, a bunch of songs. You already know is like a part two to Blocka Blocka Blocka, and then that one's like a, they're both like Scooby Doo samples. But the Blocka 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 Blocka, I made that beat with Wendigo, and then the beat for You Already Know, I made that with CJ Hunter, and then Wendigo produced. Um, what is this song? Oh, Fuck 12 Freestyle, which is You Already Know Part 3. And that song, that song is also a Scooby-Doo sample. And then those were, like, the first, like, I think those were the first three songs me and Darkie made together. I can't remember. So when did you join Spider Gang, and then did you kind of meet him right after? Or did it take a while for you to kind of get... Nah, I was cool with Darkie like way before I was in Spider Gang. Okay, so yeah, you kind of like me and him were already mad tight by the time I joined Spider Gang. So we kind of you joining Spider Gang was more or less an organic thing. The, yeah, the, yeah. When to go being like, hey, yo, I know this dude. Yeah, nah. Yeah, I was already like pretty cool with Darkie, and I was cool with Bremen God, and then I was already like mad tight when to go. So then, like by the time I joined Spider Gang, it was just like awesome. Like, it was like I was already cool with pretty much everyone that was in Spider Gang before I joined Spider Gang. I just like just like got added to it. Word, word. And you said you're you're picky with the beats. You said that. Yeah, so, I'm very picky with the beats. So how do how do you go about beat selection? If I hear the beat and the song, like I don't know, when I hear a beat, I like hear the song. Like the song is like in the beat, so like I'll hear the beat. And the song will just like be there, and the then beat kind of like speaks to you, type. Yeah, the beat. Yeah, yeah, and then I just like speak what the beat says to me into the mic, and then like that's the whole song. I usually okay. just like like a lot of my songs that like I make a Wendigo like usually like one take, and I just like freestyle the whole thing. So you don't like, write, I don't write any music like that now. Like sometimes like when I'm doing like features and shit or like 
if I'm doing like a feature or like a song where I'm like really trying to like prove like really like nail a point, then like I'll sit down and I'll listen to the beat and I'll like write some shit. But like ninety percent of the music I put out is just like one take freestyle. Oh damn. Yeah, that's just a song. So you're kind of like your process is more or less about just kind of like capturing that moment. Yeah, definitely. Like you were talking about earlier in the part one yeah. of the interview, you kind of like when you hit the blunt. Like yeah, you know, moment. like it's a vibe type shit in like, the club. Yeah, that moment. Yeah, like it's a vibe. Like you know, what I'm saying like that shit just like catches you, and you just smile. You like ooh, you know, what I'm saying like that shit just like that's just just nice. Like it washes over you. It's not like gonna get played out because I'm not like I'm not like coming at you with like all types of words and shit all the time. Like sometimes I am. You know, like sometimes I like rap a, like a lot or like I rap fast, but like primarily though. I always just make it so it's a vibe. It's always a feeling that you want to be recreated. You know what I'm saying? Something you want to hear over and over again. Okay. Okay. So, when in this whole picture did uh, Keith A come into the picture? Um, I'm so bad with, like, time, bro, because, like, I'm always, like, fucking... I'm always, like, doing shit, and I'm always mad geek, so I, like, always forget, like, time periods, like, in, like, months and days and shit. Like, it feels like shit was just, like, yesterday. But, like, one day, uh, Darky, Wendigo, and, like, 814, I think, were in, like, Long Beach. And I guess, like, Keith Ape, like, hit up, like, um, hit them up or whatever. And he was trying to work with them. And then, like, Wendigo told me about that shit. One day, um, me and him were chilling in New York. And then, I forget what happened. I was just, like, chilling at home, like, by myself after I was chilling with Wendigo. And then, like, Keith A just DM'd me, and he was like, it's so hard to dance, pistol in my pants. And I was like, oh, shit, it's lyrics to my song. And he was just like, yeah, it's just fire. And I just, like, started talking to him and shit. And I guess, like, he he heard my shit, obviously, through Wendigo and Darky. And then he fucked with it, and he was like, you want to make a song or whatever. And I was like, yeah, for sure. So then me and Wendigo linked up, made, like, three songs. And then, like, sent them to him. And he was fucking with, um, one of them was Stick Up which is, like, the song I just, like, put out a video for, like, A3 Hades. Yeah. And then the uh, other song was Girk Walk. And he was fucking with both of those. And he was like, which one of these do you think I should get on? And I was like, at that point, I liked Stick Up. I, like, I love Stick Up now a lot more than I did then. I still, like, love Stick Up then. But, like, at that point, I didn't really, like, know, like, not that I didn't know how good that song was, but, like, I just, like, didn't, like, like it as much as, like, Girk Walk. Like, Girk Walk, I was, like, really feeling. So I was just like, yeah, bro, get on this one. And then he just, like, hopped on Girk Walk. And then I was talking to Darky, and I was like, yo, fuck it, Darky, just hop on this shit, too. So then Darky hopped on it, and then, like, I put that shit out. And then that was, like, the first time I worked with him. Fucking. And then after that, like, later on down the line, I put 83 Hades on Stick Up. When I was listening to Stick Up again, I was like, oh, this is actually dummy hard. And I was just like, yeah, I'm still trying to put this out. But I was like, who's going to kill this? And I was like, oh, 83 Hades definitely going to snap on this shit. So then, like, I hit him up and sent it to him. All people I met through, like, Wendigo and Darkie. Because, like, prior to meeting them, I didn't even know there was, like, a fucking, like, SoundCloud scene. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know I was a part of, like, a SoundCloud scene. I was just making music with niggas I knew in real life in Miami. Like, Tankhead or, like, fucking Swami and shit. Like, those were all the people that, like, I met in person, like, face-to-face. Like, I didn't, like, know that those niggas made music when I got cool with them. Like, I was just chilling with them. So, like, when I started finding out about, like, the whole SoundCloud scene, it was just like, damn... There's, like, all these people on here who are, like, trying to work, and there's, like, people who you should work with, people who you shouldn't work with, just, like, all types of shit. So then 
all that shit was it's like just a like, community in itself. Yeah, but like fucking with Wendigo and Darky, I just like learned who I should fuck with and like who I shouldn't fuck with and shit like that. You know what I mean? So did that kind of like kind of change when you met Wendigo back in January and moving forward from there? Did that kind of change your whole perspective on music? Um, didn't really change my perspective on music, but it definitely changed my perspective on how like I should go about putting out my music. Because okay. before I met Wendigo, the way I was putting out my music wasn't really the same way that, like, I put out music now. Like, before I would, like, put, like, all my energy into putting out, like, one song, like, like maybe, like, you know what I'm saying, like, like once every, like, month. I would have, like, one song I would put out, and I just go, like, dumb hard for that one song, you know what I mean? But, like, since me and, like, Wendigo and Darky, like, now I put out, like, I put out, like, a song on, like, my page, like, once a week. And then I'll put out, like, even, like, two or three more songs just, like, on YouTube and, like, other people's SoundCloud pages just, like, randomly. I'll just have, like, four new songs out, like, every week. Like, now. Like, since meeting, like, Wendigo and Dark. Like, before I just put, like, a lot less music. And meeting them, I realized that you just gotta, like, put your shit out. Cause if you don't put your shit out, then, like, no one's ever gonna know how good it is. Like, New Prada, I made that song, like, a year and a half ago. And, like, I just put that shit out. Cause, oh, like, damn. I just been, That's that old? Yeah, I've had that song for, like, a year and a half. Oh, like, shit. I made that shit, like, on, like, when I first started rapping. I just made that shit. And then I was just like, this is a good song. And then I was just like, I'm going to drop this shit one day. Like, when I'm, like, fucking up or whatever. Or some shit. And then I just realized one day, I was like, you never get to that up that you're waiting for yourself to get to. You're just, like, setting yourself up for, like, failure to, like, never put the, the shit out that you're waiting for. Because you're never going to get to that level of up in your head that you're waiting to get to that you can, like, put your shit out at. Just, like, put your shit out, bro. Like, you make your best song, good. Drop it. Like, there's mad songs I've made. I'm like, this is my best song. I just drop that shit. Like, when I made Girk Walk, I was like, oh, this is my best song. Drop that shit. Fucking every song. Like, I don't know. Like, That's My Horse made that shit. Like, oh, this is my best song. Drop that shit. Like, whatever. Like, you make a song and it's really good, don't hold that shit. There's no point in holding it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's put that shit out. No, most definitely. You so I feel like a lot of artists just kind of, they either hold a lot of their music and just complain that they're not, they're not moving or it's not going anywhere or they just kind of like sit in their bedroom don't don't talk to anybody and just drop too much music and again complain that it's not moving so where do you find that balance do you like try to keep like a consistent schedule with releasing music or how do you go about promoting yourself well like and getting it out there i just try to make sure that like every like like once a week i just have like a new song that i can like put out like i try to make like a couple songs I'll make, like, ten songs maybe in a week, maybe more than that sometimes, and I'll just pick out of those songs, like, which songs I want to, like, are the best ones. Like, me and Wendigo usually will sit down and be like, all right, this is the song we're going to put out this week. And then, like, that's the song that comes out. Or sometimes we'll make the song the same day. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it'll be, like, the day before. We'll just, like, you know, just make the song and then, like, decide, like, that's going to come out, like, then. You know, sometimes you make a song, like, okay, I'm going to hold this for a project. I'm gonna work on this beat and like take a little bit longer on this music for like an album or some shit like that. But for the most part, make shit, hop on it, drop it. A lot of times, same day, like make that shit, drop it, put it out. You know what I'm saying? Like while it's fresh. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Kind of, it kind of keeps you on your toes too, and kind of keeps you recording. Yeah. That yeah. kind of outdo yourself. You never know if like people are gonna fuck with. It. Like you never know if songs people are gonna hear and they're gonna be like, damn yo, like this is my shit. Like you never know, so you just gotta push it out. Yeah, that song that um that song you're holding 
could be the one. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it really it's only always ta- like that. It really only takes one song. It really it does. It takes one song to hook and this he, person, that hooks this person, and yeah. they tell this person, and then they're friends, and then it catches. And that's why, like, I be trying to like tell niggas too, like, cloud doesn't matter. Like, don't let that shit like cloud, like judge your your judge, like cloud, like, cloud your judgment, or like fuck you up as a person. Like, think about cloud because like anyone can drop a song tomorrow and be the biggest artist. People spend their whole lives trying to accumulate this fake-ass clout that, like, doesn't even matter. Like, nigga will wake up tomorrow and make a song about, like, gorillas and drop that shit and then blow the fuck up, be the biggest guy on the planet, and just, like, skip over you and all the dick-sucking and shit you had to do to get to that point. You know what I'm saying? And just make you feel mad stupid. It's like, don't ever, like, take that shit too serious. That shit will, like, drive you crazy. You gotta just, like, enjoy life and enjoy the journey and just enjoy making music just for the point of making good music. Damn, that's real. So you're really like you really in it because like you love this shit and that's yeah, really that's like what comes with like music. a lot of people that really are in this just for like the money yeah. are gonna have like kind of like a short yeah short time and that's cool like if you're in it for the money you know you don't do your shit I can't hate like yeah, no, whatever your that. reasons are yeah. if you do it and you make it like that's you but like the long um from what I see the people who go the farthest with it are the ones who really that really love it the most um. And talent, of course, I've noticed goes a long way too. Like a lot of people, like I always get, I get a lot of questions um, because a lot of people ask me because like I talk to a lot of people um, and I interview a lot of artists and stuff like that. So they always ask me like, how do you come up? Like, what are these artists doing to like put themselves out there? And a lot of it is just raw talent. Like you gotta look, like look at Darky, like like look at his fan base. Like, for the amount of Instagram followers he has. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, look at his fucking... He has a more dedicated fan base than people who have, like, ten times the amount of Instagram followers that, that he has. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, that's cause it's like raw a lot of talent. Have, a lot of people have, like, fake clout and shit, too. Like... Yeah. People don't, like, actually fuck with them like that. Like, it's not, like, real. Yeah. It's, it's like... It's just, like, Darkie's fan base is just, like off like pure talent like he really is like just organic he really built that shit like his soundcloud following i think at one point i don't know if it's still like this because like at some point your social media kind of catches up to you the more that people discover you but i did notice his soundcloud following at the time i interviewed him was significantly more than yeah. his instagram following yes yeah, you know what i he mean has, he has like 16k on soundcloud now or some shit like that it is like, like when i met darky he had like just put out like 1983 Mm-hmm. And then he put out like Holocaust right after that, and now to see like where he's come from, like when I like met him then, to like now, it's like damn, you know what I'm saying? Like shit's less like grown, but it's like because he put in the work, you know, something like he's put out like mad like goodbyes of work, and that's like a lot of people like haven't like done, you know what I'm saying? To like get to where like they need to get to, they haven't like put out like as much like shit like as they should have, or like you know like they haven't like tried as much different shit as they should have. Yeah, I feel you most definitely. So, what are you, what are you doing to promote yourself and really um, get yourself out there and grow yourself as an artist? Honestly, I just like make songs and just like put them out, and then I just like go on like my Instagram and then just like I just put out a song, or I go on Twitter and like I just put out a song, and then people just like listen to it. Don't really do anything besides that. That's so it's just kind of catching organically. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I do, like, shows and shit. 
and like I'll go do like I do like a bunch of shows like I do like mad shows and like wherever like I'm at like Miami here like even like New England and like people will always like pull up to my shows cause like I try to listen I make sure everyone has like a good time and you know everyone turns up try to make sure like every everything's lit or whatever just so that like for once a week you know if you have like a 9 to 5 or some shit or a regular job you can like escape and like come to like my universe type shit and just like kind of just like be like in my world okay so do you feel like traveling to all those different states and kind of having your life up to this point where you're just moving around all up and down the east coast um do you feel like that kind of benefited you and kind of as far as promoting your music like you met a lot of people you got to make a lot of connections like you said you do shows in all these different states you kind of feel like that's benefiting your promotion as an artist yeah definitely because i've like met like mad people like all over who like i genuinely fuck with i've just like like ran into like a bunch of different people like a, a bunch of different like perspectives and ideals that fuck with like a lot of different things so it's just like good to like keep like an open mind and then also too just like just to like get your shit just heard by like a lot of different people just people who listen to my music who i never thought would just because like different situations and times and places where i've just like encountered and just like met like random humans just doing their shit you know most so definitely like that so let's go into your tattoos a little bit how many you got shit i don't even know lost count damn got a lot i never even it's not even like i have so many that i lost count i just lost count because i'm wicked high I just, like, never really counted that much. But, like, I don't know. I have a bunch. I have, like, three on my neck, two on my face, a bunch on both of my arms. I don't even know. Probably, like, four on each arm. And then one on my chest and, like, one on my stomach. So I wasn't even counting just now what I just said, so I don't even know. But I don't know. Somebody will fucking get that shit, hopefully. When did you start getting tattoos? I started getting tattoos probably when I was like 17. Got my first tattoo on like my stomach. Then I got like another one on my fucking chest because I got into like a car accident. The car like crashed into the wall and like spun out across all the lanes. And I thought I was going to die. So I just got like still alive on my stomach because I didn't die in that accident. Because there was like a track coming. There was like a truck coming. And we were like, the car was fucked up and it was stuck in the middle of the highway. And the truck like just missed us. It was like pouring rain. Like, he wouldn't have been able to, like, stop and shit. But that shit, like, just missed us. And I was just like, all right. Better get a tattoo. Just fuck it. God damn. So when did you start going, when did you start getting the face tats? Uh, I got my first face tat probably, like, I want to say, like, almost a year ago. Like, last December. Okay. I got I got both of these, like, same day, pretty much. Or, like like one day apart like I got like one one day and then the next morning I went back and got the other one I got to eat first on this side and then I went back the next day and got sleep on this side like yeah like pretty much like a couple hours apart and what was was there any specific meaning behind those um yeah just pretty much that like everyone is the same cause we all do these like two things just as people like you know what I'm saying like nothing like like, we're all, like, the same. Like, we're literally the same. Like, 99% same DNA. Like, all that shit. Like, no one needs to, like, hate each other and shit like that. Or even just, like, beyond that, just, like, I just wanted to get, like, face tats that were just, like, very non-threatening. Okay. Just because I wanted to see, like, 
what like people would think if I had face tats, but they just weren't like anything negative. Like I don't have like a gang tatted on my face or like yeah, you know, like anything crazy like that. So it's just like crazy to like, see people's like reactions sometimes when they they, they see me and they like might think like I'm like dangerous, like a criminal or some shit. And it's like, you know, everyone like is everything at some point, but I'm not like a dangerous person. I'm not gonna like hurt you. So just like you just like see how people are just like people just like look at things for like face value and don't like look beneath the surface and it's good to like it's good to have these because like they like help me like kind of like avoid people who aren't gonna like really take the time to like get to know me as a person yeah because like if you're like a shallow ass person you're not gonna fuck with me if you the second you see me go this is the thing with the face tats I'm not gonna talk to this nigga you know what I'm saying but if you're like someone who's like actually like on some shit you're gonna be like oh who's this guy let me talk to this guy you know, or whatever. Just like if you're like actually, if you're actually supposed to talk to me, if you're actually like trying to talk to me, like you will. You know what I mean? But like if you're not, then like this shit was like a little de- deterrent. Kind of like keep people like away from me type shit. Like I hate people. Right. What would you say is your most meaningful tattoo? My most meaningful tattoo is probably. Probably my mom's name on. Yeah, like this side of my neck. Or yeah, love or my mom. That's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, shut up, my mom. Love so my it's, mom. it's good that you got a um like a relationship with your parents. Was yeah, it easy facts. to kind of leave the home and move? Um, or was that kind yeah. of like a hard decision to make? Definitely easy. My mom was like, "You should probably get the fuck out of here," and I was like, <laughs> "All right." So like, I just did that. Yeah. It's and still all good though. Yeah, now she wants me to come back. That's a trick oh, to moving out. If you move out when your parents want you to then they'll want you to come back and then you can always go back right. but if you just get the some fuck ad, out of there some advice yeah if you just get the fuck out they're just gonna be like damn this nigga just dipped you know like you kinda miss this damn. nigga shit we're both shell and tired as hell do you wanna go into part three or you wanna fucking call it a rap and get back to this tomorrow up to you really I'm with whatever shit fucking um I think we got a lot more to talk about tomorrow too. We got about an hour in now. Yeah. Again, I think we yeah, we covered a lot. Yeah, so well. thank you guys for tuning in. Um, stay tuned. Uh, two weeks after this interview drop, we got something special coming up. So stay tuned. And if you're watching this and way beyond two weeks after this drop, then you probably already know. So go and watch that shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> follow us on Instagram at Call Classic Official. Follow us on Twitter at Call Classic OFF. Go check out um, our merch, uh, CallClassicOfficial.com. You know, we do concerts, we host artist interviews, other events, uh, other shit like that. So go check us out. Follow me at Bobby D on the beat on Instagram at Bobby D Beats on Twitter. And artists, if you need hard beats for the low, definitely check out my track train. Um, Follow Christ Dillinger at Christ Dillinger. And you got anything else you want to add? Um, yeah, man. Fucking shout out Cold Classics. Fucking crap people. Hey, crap people. Crap people. And that's the fucking timer and shit. My damn cameraman fell asleep. It's fucking stupid late. No, yeah. it's not that late. It's only it's not, midnight. It's only 12, 11. But it's just. To watch Dexter. We've smoked like 30,000. Yeah, no, the blunts that put niggas out. And I'm off the edibles too right now. And man. I just traveled. Like, I just, yeah, I just yeah, did a long ass drive. Yeah. Three and a half hours of sleep. Yeah. And I we slept should get in back the to car. This tomorrow. Shit. 
Yeah, definitely. That shit flew by, though. It didn't even feel like that long at all. Yeah, shit. It, it did not. It really didn't. Yeah. Fucking. All right, Joe. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Yeah, subscribe below. Uh, if you're on Spotify, you know, follow us. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a good rating. And, yeah, we love you guys. Peace.